0: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. radio,
4: radio. RJ, I think it's pretty obvious to everybody what the Vegas lead is. A major move made in the NFL.
5: Are you from Vegas, Jonas? Um, No, I'm not. How do you know there's not some like darts competition And in Finland, that's the Vegas lead. Because I,
4: I I would be betting on it right now. (laughs) I would have money on that dart's turn.
5: Listen, I wasn't going to make it Gronk, but (laughs) you just vetoed me, so Gronk (laughs) it is.
4: Uh, That's right. The news came out a short time ago. The Patriots traded the rights to tight end Rob Gronkowski and a seventh round pick to the Buccaneers in exchange for a fourth round pick.
5: Now, where we always begin is the Vegas perspective. Let's quantify. Let's figure out what this means. So one of the ways, the way really to critique how good a team is expected to be before the season or even as the season progresses, sometimes they update these odds, which is the expected number of wins. They call it season wins. And uh, obviously, a, a really good, good, even great team would have a high number. That's obvious it's probably not typically as high as you might think. Like Patriots, even during their heyday of heydays, maybe it would be up to 12. So the theory is if you win 12 games, it's a tie. 13 means you've exceeded expectations. 11 or less means you've fallen short. So right now, the Tampa Bay Bucks season win total is in the range of 10. 10 wins expected. So 10 and 6. Is a push eleven or more wins over nine or less under? Where was it a day ago? It was it was at nine and a half. So Gronk's signing is a half a game adjustment up. That is humongous. Meaning a half a game sounds like a small increment, but really for a tight end, for a running back, for receive, for anything but a quarterback, I don't know that there's many players. I know there's less than 10 players in the league that would move a win total like this. So my first question is, Jonas, as a fan, and I'm always interested as a hardcore fan versus Vegas, does a half a game sound like... The right amount, too much, too little.
4: It sounds like too middle. Too. Um, it sounds like too much, especially considering that he's coming off a year in which he didn't play. He was retired, and to your point, he's a tight end. And the last we saw him, he wasn't exactly the Gronk from all his glory days that he had in New England.
5: Which was over uh, a full season missed go. So when he lines up, if he lines up, but assuming he will in September, we're looking at nineteen months. The last time you played a game?
4: Yeah. Right? I, I mean, how much of this is just the hysteria involving Tom Brady, and it's new, and he's in Tampa Bay, and they're the team and the conversation all throughout the offseason, and maybe we're overvaluing Gronk at this point?
5: I, I think there's a lot of that, and I think it's human nature. I mean, right now, if we say there's a movie with Al Pacino and De Niro and, and Scorsese's going to direct. Now, listen, the Irishman – In my opinion, a lot of critics was very good. So that would be an example, maybe, of hey, the old timers step up and have, you know, potentially one last hurrah. But most of the time, when there's in any endeavor, when there's older people who, at least within the range of what's old for that endeavor, right? Obviously, football, you get past your 30s, you're getting old. In other things, it might be your 70s. But if it's old timers, whatever it is, I think we all, one, we're all aging. You know, if you're above the age of 25, there's some sense of, oh, I remember the way it used to be. Not just the world, but yourself, right? And obviously, as you get to your 40s and 50s, that becomes even more pronounced. Uh, and then when we see one of uh, you know our generation making a last go of it, there's a real sense to be excited about it. And quite frankly, to remember them in their younger days. yeah. So, I think in general, when a Brett Favre keeps going or anyone keeps going, Brady is at the top of that list. I mean, let's think about this with Brady. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. If you look at the number of, of, of quarterbacks who's played from 43 years and beyond, so Brady's age and beyond, the idea of how have they done is almost shocking in that literally in the history of the NFL, there's been two wins by a starting quarterback 43 or above. So two wins ever, every quarterback considered. And now we have Tom Brady leading a team and you know, 43 plus when he steps on the field and Tampa Bay, is expected to win ten games, so it would be five times as many games <laughs> as ever won from someone this age. Now you got Gronk; he's a youngster; he's just thirty. But you tell me. But it feels like with Gronk, it's not just cal- it's not calendar age it's how beat up he's been.
4: Yeah, he had the back concerns coming out of college, which is part of the reason why he fell in the draft, and then he had back issues in the NFL, and he had an elbow issue, and he suffered a, a terrible knee injury. Like There's been, he had, a, I think, a high ankle sprain uh, in which uh, it was the Super Bowl they lost, the second one to the Giants. There's been a lot of injuries. He's taken a beating, and he even talked about it after, in the year that he was gone, being emotional about how his he just didn't want to feel like that anymore, and yet all of a sudden he comes back and now he wants to play and people are, are betting the over on their win total. It's, it's just surprising.
5: Yeah, but, but I think in a way this is how – and this is something we talk about all the time. How do you succeed at sports betting? There's two ways to do it. One way is to know more than the other people betting, and the other way is to fade or bet against the bias and biases that people have. So, you've identified one, I think, quite accurately, Jonas, which is there's a bias towards the nostalgia of older players. Yeah. And to this day, if men of a certain age, if you say Mickey Mantle, oh, their heart's going to swell up. <laughs> but, you know, forget even before Mickey Mantle passed away, he wasn't going to do much in his 60s. Now, that becomes obvious when the guy's limping around or whatever, but it's when they look like. You know, one of the great, you know, there's been documentaries, we're going to talk about the Jordan doc even more here in a little bit on Straight Out of Vegas, but if you watch the doc with Ali before he fought Holmes, and it was a 30 for 30, a lot of people said at the time, and then looking at it, it feels correct, Ali looked as good physically if he just took his shirt off as he ever did, or close to it, but... That can be deceiving. And how old was Jerry Rice? Probably to this day, he looks like he could play, but we know he couldn't. There's something about the fast twitch fibers, or something about that that the tenth of a second or a hundredth of a second that takes you from being world class to being far less than world class. And the eye almost can't. I mean, if, if someone ran a forty yard dash, that ran a four nine, and for let's say a wide receiver, and then another guy runs a four four. You ever think of how small a th- amount of time, a short amount of time, a half a second is? Yeah. It's almost hard on a stopwatch to move your hand fast enough. You know, So we're talking about the difference between a first-round pick and a guy that can't make the league is the blink of an eye. So I, to me, Gronk might look fine. The, the question becomes, did the last year help him or hurt him? Because on one hand, you could say, letting all the injuries heal and not putting those extra miles on his legs or his body would help. But the other hand, you would think, hey, sometimes, and this is kind of what LeBron was talking about, when you get out of shape at a certain age, it's so much harder to get in shape. And we're not talking shape beer belly or not. We're talking NFL shape. Yeah. My sense is the time off hurts him. What do you think?
4: Uh, I would lean towards that as well, too. I just think that, and if you talk to anybody, they'll tell you that it's, you know, your body needs to get adjusted to taking the pounding because you sort of you sort of built up a callousness for it. And the fact that he's been gone and he's going to be in there and who knows what sort of an offseason they're going to get to even be able to, you know, get in pads for how long and whatever that's going to look like. I just, I'm skeptical that he's going to respond the way that a lot of people think he's going to in a positive way.
5: And you make a great point, and we will repeat this appropriately so often between now and football, which is the idea that the this unusual offseason and the various elements of it are going to affect everything. It's almost like you're seeing the world through sunglasses or whatever. You can look any way you want at the sun, away from the sun. The the shading and the tint of those glasses matters. The, the preparation differences and difficulties At every level, mental, physical is going to make a big difference. And in general, players who are coming back that need extra work, if it's from injury, retirement, it's going to be harder. And additionally, and I say this uh, for every team, the amount of prep time when it comes to the intellectual side, learning the playbook, etc., that's going to be harder and it seems like tampa bay might be the perfect storm of a new quarterback and a a tight end that's been retired where if you had to guess how are they going to do the first eight games of the year how will they do the second half of the year if i could just randomly bet right now i would bet a monster bet second half wins over first half we don't even know who they're playing in the first and second half so it's a fair bet you want to you take first half?
4: Uh, no, I'll pass. Ah. I, I would also go second half, just based on <laughs> preparation time and those yes. guys having to get used to a brand-new quarterback and a brand-new system.
5: If all you did in Week 1 was bet the three teams with the most experience, the least changes, and bet against the three teams with the most changes, I think that you'd probably have some pretty good bets. Last thing on this, a lot of people are saying, oh, Fezzik said, you know, Gronk, it, when he's healthy – one of the 10 or so most valuable guys. The question is how healthy, how physically able is he? But Fez also said, well, there's a lot of tight ends on that team. I would make the case that uh, they have a uh, Carmen uh, Brat. Is that how you say his name? Uh, Brate? Cameron Cameron Brate. Brate. Yeah, yeah. Cameron Brate. Uh, PFF grade 66. So, you know, decent average starter. OJ Howard, actually a lower grade, but... A guy with a lot of potential, it's so fascinating. I saw about seven days ago, week ago, O.J. Howard rumors to get traded. I don't know if you saw that. Yes. And now, all of a sudden, it seems like this has been in the works. They were trying to get him traded. Now, the fact they haven't yet is that a sign the market wasn't really there. But I agree, if you've got... One guy that is average. You got OJ Howard, who's a potential guy. Now you got Gronk. Is that too many? Someone else is going to get traded? I think eventually having too many tight ends won't be a problem because you can always trade one. The question is, what's the market?
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: So, RJ, the news of the day in the NFL is the trade. The Patriots traded the rights to tight end Rob Gronkowski and a seventh-round pick to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a fourth-round pick. Gronk reunited with his buddy Tom Brady.
5: So win total, that's number of wins over under in a 16-game regular season. You can bet on it. It was 9.5 for Tampa Bay, up to 10. That's a a half-a-game adjustment. That is gigantic. There might be 10 or so non-quarterbacks in the NFL that would make that big of an adjustment. The obvious question is the best of Gronk in the glory days would have been more than warranted. What are we, what are we getting now? Year off, did it help or hurt? I think both Jones, Jonas and I believe it hurts more than it helps at that age. Also, how much of this uh, – is there, is there too many tight ends here with Tampa Bay O.J. Ho- Howard, another, and Gronk. Well, they can obviously trade you know, away one of them, so I don't think that's a big negative. Here's the next question. At 10, that win total, these are the only teams with a higher win total than Tampa Bay. Another way of saying it, that the market perceives to be better than Tampa Bay. Kansas City, one. Baltimore, two. New Orleans, three. San Francisco, four. So you're telling me, KC, Baltimore, New Orleans, 49ers, are the only teams clearly better than the Tampa Bay Bucs. There's uh, a small amount of teams that have 10 wins projected just like Tampa, and every other team is worse. Jonas, which just, you know, Thinking about the teams, which team jumps out at you as wow? I can't believe they think Tampa. Like if I was going to bet you, any team except KC, Baltimore, New Orleans, San Fran against Tampa, which team would you want to have if we were just counting wins to go against Tampa?
4: Um, I like all of those teams. Uh, yeah, so
5: you like you think all of them are properly over Tampa. Yes, now, absolutely. is there any other team that you would say is clearly? Over Tampa.
4: Oh man, um, I would say, jeez, oh, just thinking, top of mind here, maybe, maybe Philly. If I'm just going, yeah, that's
5: interesting. That's um, inter- and, yeah, I, yeah, I would put Philly certainly in the mix there for sure.
4: Yeah, and, and and did you mention Green Bay was one of the teams favorite? over? No, no. Okay. So
5: Green Bay's not there. I
4: I, w- I would probably lean towards Green Bay, um, over Tampa Bay.
5: Yeah, this might be a fun little thing. On Twitter, so at Vegas, tweet me. Again, let's go it over it. These are the teams that have a higher win total than Tampa Kansas City, Baltimore, New Orleans, San Francisco. Which team would you like, other than those teams, head to head against Tampa, tweet at Vegas with, you know, A little bit of description, and we'll read a couple of the good ones. If there's any good ones, we're very critical. Seattle's another one I like. Yes, yes. I mean, think about that. You just said three interesting teams, Tampa Bay over Seattle. You're saying uh, Tampa Bay over Green Bay and Tampa Bay over Philly. Those are three. I think it's very reasonable that Philly and Green Bay and Seattle would be better than Tampa. Now, what people can't forget is Tampa had an unusually or an unlucky record. Whereas if you actually look at their close game losses, you look at their stats, Tampa should have had more than seven wins last year. Forget the idea that if Jameis didn't throw all those interceptions, just pure stats. So it makes sense in general that Tampa is going to be better than last year. I just think people tend to hear the win total of 10 and think 10 and six, that's not so much. But if you look at the teams, the the limited number of teams that actually have a higher win total, man, the idea that there's only KC, Baltimore, New Orleans, San Fran shows you how impressive and how much of a statement Vegas is making with making Tampa's win total of ten.
4: And I also think this this is without a doubt, and it's not even close, the best. Group of quarterbacks within the division that Tom Brady's ever competed against, <laughs> and, and if that if that's the most valuable position in football, you've got to look at the quarterback play. And when you've got Drew Brees and Matt Ryan and Teddy Bridgewater in your division, the best quarterback that he's competed against in the AFC East is probably Chad Pennington. All those years, it was probably Chad Pennington. I I I just I would lean towards the under on the win total for Tampa. It sounds
5: like a, one of those like in twenty years when people were debating Brady versus some other quarterback, Quarterback, I'll be like, do you ever see the quarterbacks? He had to go like oh, somehow course. with Michael. Now they're like, well, he didn't have to play anyone. It's of like, course. okay, they, they're not anyone because they played Michael.
0: <laughs> be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at six PM Eastern, three PM Pacific.
3: Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and
2: be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire
5: buying should be. MJ's second season, he got hurt the third game, and they depicted this in the documentary. Up to that point, he had averaged 30-plus points, so he started off really hot, got hurt. He missed 64 games. Now, the documentary talked about the Bulls were on the cusp of the playoffs, but they weren't even a 500 team. It was like a bad team. Can they be the number eight seed? And maybe they want the lottery, right? Okay. Back then, the lottery actually wasn't weighted. So there were seven teams that would have made the lottery, I think was. So you would have had a one in seven chance if you were the first team to miss the playoffs to win the number one pick. It was the envelope era. You might remember Patrick Ewing in the envelope. Yes. Okay. Michael, to this day, it's amazing. Holds a grudge because they were thinking maybe we shouldn't try to win. He was saying, not only do I want to win, I'm willing to risk my future career and the whole career to keep playing. Okay. That's why MJ's MJ. But here's what no one's talking about is when he came back. And as they said, he had the minutes restriction. He was putting up more than one point per minute like the first four games. So he was hardly playing, but he was scoring like crazy. The Bulls went 0-4 in those games. Finally, they let him start playing more. The Bulls started to win. They made the playoffs. And then we know they went on, and MJ had the 49 in the first game at Boston. By the way, did you know Boston's record that year at home? At the end, when they ended up winning the title, their final record at home, Boston, was 50-1. <laughs> They were 50 and Yes. And he puts up 49 the first night and still lose. Puts up 63 the second game, still loses. So he finished the season great. Here's what people don't, no one talks about. In all those games since he came back, the last 15, and then after the first five or six, he got to play full time. If you actually look at his per 30-minute stats for those games, which what's a per 36? This is a common advanced metric, which is, Everyone that's not playing the same amount, it's unfair to just count the points. So we're going to assume they played 36 minutes and then adjust the points ac- accordingly. If you look at MJ's per 36, the entire second season, that was his injury year, and it's the regular season only, so we're not counting 63, is 49. If you look at his per, per, per 36, it's the seventh best of all time. Only three players actually had a better ever per 36, and those players actually had it multiple times, Wilt Chamberlain on the list, et cetera. So this is considered almost a lost year. He came back rushed from his injury. He was so hobbled or limited, they wanted him to have him on a minutes restriction, and at the end of it, he scored 33 points per 36 minutes, which is the seventh best of all time, and that's a lost season effectively for him. So the young, to me, what we're gonna see as the years go by, MJ, meaning as we watch the documentary proceed, Jonas, is we're gonna see that he's a lot like Ali. And a lot of people were talking about Ali like that. Oh, it's like he's that famous. No, it was Ali was so fast at the beginning that no one could hit him, and they thought his physicality was so great. But if he had, no one knew if he had a chin. Later in his career, Ali got hit so much, and he had one of the best chins ever. So then you think about the fast guy with the chin. It's almost he was unbeatable back then. We just didn't know it. To me, MJ, when he was the physical best player, was unbelievable. But his last couple of years, he wasn't physically the best, and he found another way to win. But boy, his his performance that second season, unbelievable. No one talks about it.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.